and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. What's happening everyone and welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm Derek Kermahan and today we are discussing a subject very close to my heart and it's actually quite emotional for me as well when I'm going to be talking about my picks soon as most of you know. Um, well, we are discussing tag teams who should have never split up. Now, before I start discussing this rather um, how would I, upsetting topic for me, um, just to let you know, you can find us on all good social media outlets, which is Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and um, Twitter, at Suplex Retweet. Now, I've got a guys here um, in front of me as well, the panel, so I'm just going to talk about them now. Today, we're joined by a guy. It's quite topical for this subject, actually, because I think it actually looks like one of the tag, one of the guy from a tag team should have never split up. I think we've got Tucker from Heavy Machinery, which is Daniel Campbell. How you doing, mate? <laughs> okay, well, well, if you if you'd said maybe about four weeks ago before I got my hair cut, then yes, exactly. yeah, I, I, could, I could have passed. Yeah, but right. I look like Tucker after he's like gone away for a while, and they thought, "Well, try and make it magic again. Let's give him a haircut." There we go. That's it. So, how you doing, mate? You well? I do not too bad. Just having a right. having a quiet one, and I'm here to. Listen to some sad stories about tag teams splitting up. Yes, very much true, mate. Very true. Um, next up now is my crush to my demolition. It's totally pointless, but I need them to hang about. It's my big brother. It's Gary Kernan. Gary, how you doing? <laughs> oh, dear old crush. I quite like the Hawaiian crush. Remember when he came back and he would wrestle in his orange singlet against Doink the Clown? He was even um, worse as Hawaiian crush as he was as demolition crush. Oh no, he was worse when he came back. It's like Jailbird Crush. That was like the worst <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, very true. I forgot about that one. Forgot about that one. Oh, he did right. get the Macho Man's last WrestleMania match with him. That's, that's true. That's true. That that's seems like that should be going. Uh, that shouldn't, shouldn't be a sentence. That. <laughs> so how you doing? You all right? I'm good, thank you. Looking forward to this. Good, good. Um, and lastly. We were supposed to be joined by someone else. We were supposed to be joined by Ross McLeod and Fox. They can't make it. And these two guys are each sleep suplex retweets answers to the bushwhackers. Ross McLeod and Ryan Gallagher. Ryan, how are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. I heard you saying a minute ago on, on Gary's intro, I heard the word crush. I thought, oh, it's me and his crush. And then it, it didn't turn into a wrestling thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're that too, mate. You're that as well. I was a bit heartbroken. I, I make the point all the time, boys, but there's three of us out of the four here. We're all baldy. That's a very baldy podcast. Oh, um, Daniel, you need to get a heat shaved, mate. Get him in the team. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Change your life, mate, it will. Definitely change your life. Nah, but I'll, I'll, I'll happily stay out of the Hogan Hair Club for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, you ready to crack on with this then? Go for it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Good, man. So, question I want you to ask is, start with, start with Ryan in this one. Ryan, what do you think makes a good tag team? The main thing that makes a good tag team in the wrestling is chemistry. You know, you can have two, we've seen it over the years, putting two good performers together, but if they've not got any chemistry, then it just simply doesn't work. You know, you could probably take, so I couldn't even name some off the top of my head, but you could put a tag team of two good guys, two kind of, you know, good performers up against a, a mediocre kind of mid-carder who are a tag team, and one would outshine the other, and it would be the tag team. So uh, chemistry for me is the main thing that you're needing in a, in a tag team. Yeah. Gary, I'll ask you the same question. I like tag teams that look like a team. So I like a team that's got a name, like so Edge and Christian, sorry, doesn't do it for me. Uh, I like them to have a name, I like them to dress like they're a team, so I like them to have somewhere 
you know, not exactly matching, but outfits that kind of like mirror one another in some extent, like the Undisputed Era, they all have this sort of slightly different version of it. And Ryan mentioned chemistry. I like tag teams that have moves that involve both members of it, like the, the heart attack, the doomsday device, you know, moves that require both members to do it. So that's the three things that I look for in a tag team. Yeah. Daniel, for yourself, mate, what do you think? Like a tag team's got to have a reason to be together, and mm-hmm. it, it's, it, you can't just, you know, like, like we were saying earlier, it, they have to look like they're together for a reason. It can't just be, here's uh, person A, they're going to team up with person B, oh look, they are a tag team now. Like, build the chemistry, build a relation between the two of them, and then you get that. Like, you saw it work, I think probably the best recent example of that was Seamus and Cesaro, how they built them up to be a good unit together. That made sense. If you're just like, I don't know, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, a, a good example, Daniel, would have been recently, we've seen on, on Raw, and it's not a tag team, but they could put in a tag team match. You had Drew and and Sheamus together. Mm. That Nobody's ever going to be convinced. I know storyline-wise, that's not how they're going to go about it, but nobody yeah. would ever be convinced that if that was a tag team, if they started trying to shove that down your throat. So that's that's kind of what your, your point is. You know, they need to be there for a reason, and, and that's an example most recently of one that, that would never work. Yeah, exactly. So another question then for you, just before we go into picking some of our some of our favourite um, tag teams who never split up, do you think the tag team division, particularly in the WWE, has been undervalued then for a number of years, or you know misused in a number of years, for a number of years? Sorry, should I say? It seems to go in phases, doesn't it? So if you think in the you know, certainly when you and I watched it, Derek, in the you know late eighties, nineties, the tag team division was stacked. Yeah. For that time, and then it goes in a bit of a fallow period into the the mid nineties when you've got the body donors and the smoking dirt guns going up against one another, and then you get what rimmed about you know the TLC type era when we have those four teams come into effect and things start to get a bit of a boom again, but then. I'm not sure we've ever got anywhere near those heights again. Yeah. I don't think WWE, um, well, WWE especially, you know, other companies as well, but they, they don't seem to be as hot on tag team wrestling as they used to be, like like Gary was saying there from back in the day. So the amount of times you'll see a great tag team, and the example is, you know, look at teams like Heavy Machinery, for example, who were on NXT. You know, they were a good team. They were a, a great team, and then they come up and they've now you know they've now been split up you know it's almost like they, they see money in one guy from the team and they go right okay that's a decent tag team but he's better so let's push him get him to fuck and you know they don't put enough enough behind their tag division because you could quite easily have guys like them who are a tag team for years and years and years that never split up but if you've got a few of them teams drizzled through your tag team division it'll prosper for years but they just yeah. don't seem to back it anymore and I don't, I don't really know why yeah, Ryan makes a good point there, Dan, about NXT and the guys coming up from NXT to WWE. There's a number of them who are doing really well. Ascension, for example, were one team who were doing very good and uh, doing very well in NXT, and then they come into the main roster and they die away. You know, that's a recurring theme. Would you not say so? Definitely. You look at some of the teams who came through NXT and just fell to the wayside as soon as they hit the main roster. Ascension, as you just mentioned, longest reigning NXT Tag Team Champions. I, I can't mind if it's still that record or even if it's been surpassed yet, but you know, they got wasted as soon as they came to 
WWE. Funny that the wastelands they were referring to was actually the main roster. Uh, <laughs> then you have then you have another team like the Vaude Villains who were pretty over. Like you think even like they were the first entrants at the first Brooklyn takeover, if I remember correctly. The pop they got there, like people love them. Then you come up to the main roster and it's just like, so so what do we do with these guys? Yeah, the Vaughn villains just, if memory serves they just appeared in SmackDown one time and there was no build or explanation to it. Yeah. Like, not, not even a promo to be like, you know, the Vaughn villains are coming to SmackDown. Like, like, so they you, got. If, they, sorry to talk over you, Dan. I was going to say, uh, they could have benefited from the type of build up that Sanity got. Where they're saying, mm. you know, the Vaughn villains are coming. Sanity, on the other hand, should never have got that. And I know I'm like a broken record going on about it. Sanity, this wild outlaw group, are going to appear a week on Thursday. And they just turn up and cause chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Uh, the Authors of Pain's another one I was going to throw in. I thought they were, f- I loved watching them in NXT. I thought they were a great package with Paul Ellering. Oh, yeah. And there just seems to be, you know, and uh, the revival would throw into this dress. I don't think they were ever. You know anything in the main roster compared to what they were in NXT? I don't think mm. any of those four teams that we've just mentioned and that. But you think like for me, point of points of NXT is about evolving your character and your presentation, and then it's a natural follow through. Was the authors of pain went on to the main roster and without Paul Ellering, and for me that was a big, big part of their package. A wee bit like Sanity without Nikki Cross. If they were going to make that decision, if he wasn't going to be part of the long-term future, move them out of the way, separate them on NXT and see how it goes, and then bring them on to the main roster. But for a long time, NXT was the exception to the WWE rule, wasn't it, guys? You know, NXT's tag division was thriving, and you would get often at takeover matches these amazing tag takeover cards. Sorry, these amazing tag team matches that would go you know, 25, 30 minutes and you would not be bored watching those. I remember one of my first sort of takeover events I remember watching live was um, Burton Lorcan versus Undisputed Era. And going into it, I didn't particularly, you know, I wasn't that interested in the match, but by God, by the end of the match, I was, you know, enthralled by it. It was an amazing match and just such a contrast to then these really short matches with throwaway storylines that you would get on on SmackDown more often than not, not even featured in pay-per-views. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky, I wouldn't say it's a tricky subject, it's a, it's a, it's a different subject to discuss, you know, if they do undervalue, you know, the tag team division and obviously the people coming in who have built up themselves in NXT moving over. It is an interesting discussion. So now will we, will we crack on with a, with a show, Daniel Ryder? I think you've got some WD-40 on that seat, Dan. I know. <laughs> yeah, a tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite good, Dan. Now you're set with your seat. You're up first with your pick, mate, for the tag team. You should never have split up. Well, my team, I'll take one. So I noticed that when we were picking our teams first, we've all seemed to kind of go for ones from different decades, as you guys will explain later on. So I'm going to start off with um, a little trip to the noughties. And let's let's go to a point where, well, WWE they were they had some different tag teams at that point. So you had the Spirit Squad had just you know were on their run as much as people want to forget it. You have uh, the Highlanders, 
who were not really memorable apart from one of them being shown in the audience at a TNA pay-per-view. But then the main thing that happened in that year was uh, Vignette started playing for two guys, Chad Gaspard and JTG. Crime time. So to give a little quick story about them, so uh, Crime Time, a very like over-the-top look at a stereotypical street thug, as you would see like portrayed in like, films or TV shows. You had Shad, who was the powerhouse. He was a, he did actually qualify for Tough Enough too, but then got um, disqualified after failing a physical, and then recruited for OBW. Uh, JTG was like he was like, a shorter guy. Turns out his name is actually just too good, and they then just abbreviated it when he came up. Uh, yeah, so he he and Shad were in OBW doing their own separate things. Shad was originally known as Da Beast, just. Simply that, JTG of course just too good. They then decided to unite them as a team. So Shad started using his real name and JTG was uh, renamed. And I can't believe I'm even about to read this, he was the Neighborhoodie. Yep, just everyone's everyone's face just says it all there. That is an absolutely uh, honking name that. Yep. That's so, terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the worst part is their team name. It wasn't crime time at this point, it was the Gang Stars. <laughs> Just when you think things couldn't get any worse. Yep, it's oh, good grief. But so this is about 2005 going into 2006. The gang stars, as they're known, uh, have a pretty dominant foothold in the OVW tag team scene. They even in the spring of 2006 have a feud for the OVW tag team titles with the probably the most unlikely pairing ever of CM Punk and Kane. Yep. Uh, that was my reaction as well when I read it. I was like, okay, what the hell did they, like, did they not have anything for them? Because I know Punk was coming up to his WWE call-up. Kane was still kicking a bit of the main roster. What's the story? God, uh, CM Punk and Kane, that must win an award for, like, one of the most random tag teams ever. I always thought, like, Lance Storm and Val Venus were the yeah. most <laughs> random ever tag team champions. <laughs> it's it just there's there's weird combinations out there and apparently this is one of them as well now. Um, so September two thousand six comes around and that's when they start playing the vignettes for Crime Time. And WWE when they debuted them the night they debuted on the show, they actually had to put out a statement clarifying what their intentions were with Crime Time. And here's part of that statement: in an effort to humour and entertain our fans, the tag team known as Crime Time will be parried in racial stereotypes. This attempt at Saturday Night Live like humour is bound to entertain audiences of all ethnic derivations. Uh-huh, sure. Yeah, of course. That was their intention, so they they debut in a four-team tornado tag uh, match at uh, that year's Cyber Sunday, defeating Cade and Murdoch, the world's greatest tag, uh, not the world's greatest tag team, the Highlanders, and one half of the world's greatest tag team, Charlie Haas, and his tag team partner, uh, some relatively unknown guy called Viscera. Yay! <laughs> you had to get that in, didn't you? You had to just say uh, Gary. <laughs> literally, it's just there in my notes, just Viscera was there too, Gary. Um, so, Crime Time are on this, uh, they're, they're shown as more comedic characters. They'll help out with superstars with some funny skits, like they have a whole thing with DX trying to get into a building when they're banned from the arena. Uh, of course, we all know what happened to Survivor Series with Lita's. Um, possessions 
there's not really much that happens for them. They, they flow about doing tag matches. More often than not, they're relegated to like Sunday Night Heat or some backstage bits. But then in the summer of 2007, they're put into a tag team title feud against Caden Murdoch. And then they're released in September again. So everything's halted. And then they're back a year later. And pretty much the same thing. They're not elevated. They're not really doing anything. They do get a little run with John Cena when they make a, a brief alignment called the Crime Time C Nation. I know, original name. Uh, but then, of course, all good things come to an end. So this is what happens. So the WrestleMania 26 dark match was the big battle royal that they do. And one detail of the battle royal is JTG eliminates Shad. Shad evidently didn't really like it, was annoyed about it that week. He and JTG then lose a tag match to John Morrison and Quacko's Bay and Spirit Animal R-Truth. Uh, Shad is pissed off at JTG and just begins attacking him. We then get this period where Shad's just proclaiming, it's my time, complete with new music, new look, everything. And then they both just practically fell by the wayside. Shad never get used very much, he was on Superstars for everything else. JTG eventually would just do the same. There was nothing that actually came of it. There was no real actual reason for splitting the two together. And it would be the same right up until they were released. They were released, I think, at different points. Nothing ever came of it. But then, thankfully, the ending to the story is that they did reunite in 2014 and started tag teaming on the Indies. And they would continue that up until, tragically, we lost Shad this year in 2020. So, you know, they were... Like, WWE were wrong to split them, if you ask me, but thankfully, you know, they got back together in the end. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of uh, Ryan, what do you think of Crime Time and their sort of running WWE particularly? I think Daniel kind of summed it up. Like, they they had all the potential, I reckon, for being a, a really good team, Crime Time. And I feel like when you were saying 2007 there, like when you, you mentioned 2007, I'm like, how the fuck was it that long ago? The Crime Time Leader, I can actually remember it like it was yesterday, just hearing the music. So like, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. At that point, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wee guy, but it's like 13 years. I'm saying it by a wee guy 13 years ago. I wasn't really, was I? <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like I was a wee guy 13 years ago. Um, but no, the the potential they had there, I mean, I actually remember when they split them up, and I, I, it didn't make sense, you know, like you're saying, Daniel, it didn't make sense to split them up. And it's, it goes back to the, what I mentioned earlier on of, of WWE not taking tag teams too seriously and maybe what to put a push on one guy from a tag team. You don't need to do that, you know, just effectively use your tag teams. So mm-hmm. I feel like they, they did fall victim to that kind of, um, oh, Shad's a big guy, we're going to push him because he, he could be this this big challenger and JTG's the wee guy and then they realise that actually the two of them are pissed separately and then we've got nothing to do with them now because we now can't go back again so aye it's a, it was a stupid stupid move I think to to break them up and like you say it was good that they, they managed to get back together back in 2014 start doing the rounds on the Indies as well unfortunately until we, we did lose Shaft this week uh, this year sorry um, so aye it's it's, it's a perfect example of a team that, that shouldn't have been broke up, you know, it's the, the problem with WWE and, yeah. and that's probably where it all stemmed from. Yeah, it's one of the things that you mentioned, Ryan, at the start as well, that a tag team must have is chemistry and that's what these guys did have together um, as well, you know, it looked like they were worked well, it was just a shame that they never got their chance to, you know, properly put themselves over on 
in the WWE mm. at the time, which is a travesty. It was nice to see them, like like you said, it was nice to see them come back together. And obviously, it was a tragedy what happened um, as well. But I think that's a that's a good one to start us off, mate. Definitely is. ブラッドエンジェルライトのおわりしないですマッタンのなんかまあ反響いいねとこのスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワンスワ
you know, IC title heavyweight legend that he is now in it as well. So I that was that was my pick of the of the of the Rockers. Um Ryan, what do you think of the the Rockers? Do you I know about them splitting up and stuff like that as well? What is we but you sort of was this been a bit too young for you? Bit too young for me, mate. I was born in born in ninety three, so this would have been No chance. 1993, mate, is when I was born. I don't, I don't look at there. I don't look at. I was born in 1973, but um, I, it's not some. It's one of these ones that I'm, I'm familiar with the story roughly. Um, kind of over the years, seen kind of clips and highlights, but I never quite got to live through it. Quite like you and you and Gary would have lived through it at the time. Um, but it's you made the good points about the 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 kind of. Um, What's the word? Notability of it, you know, the, the kind of breakup over the years. It's probably one of the most um, kind of recognised ones. You know, Sean's career went one way after it. Marty's obviously didn't he? You know, after that, <laughs> it kind of it pretty much went downhill after that all happened. But I like I say, it's not something I'm I'm a hundred percent clued up on. But it is something that I'd, I'd, I maybe would have liked to have seen go for a bit longer, become a bit more of a, a prevalent tag team, and have a lot more kind of highlights and, and memories to to kind of look back on now. Um, on the network, etc. Yeah, I mean, Dan, you, you as well probably did, you, you definitely didn't live through it either. You see, you see what happened there, um, but obviously you've seen the moment of them splitting up, oh, yeah. um, seeing on the network and stuff like. That. You obviously know about the Rockers as well and stuff like that. Um, again, what do you think of the the way that they the way that they split up? You know, obviously thinking about it being you know early nineties WWF style. You know, when they done it, it was quite out there. It was one way for them to because i think they had tried to obviously see where the rockers were going they didn't feel was maybe going the way that they'd envisioned it and they they obviously saw something in sean and we all know you know but he, he, he did all right uh in terms of how it happened it just when you when you look at how they, they booked it and how they executed it it made sense in that way like michael's being like just like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Bam, gets him. Just brilliant moment, and then puts him through the glass. And then I think they, I think if they, if everything had been in the perfect world, they would have had a big pay per view blow off match. But of course, never would have happened. I mean, even in the alternate world, when Michaels wins the world title at WrestleMania 12, Marty Jannetty could have been a challenger if they had built him right. And then that'd be the ultimate like match is that the Rockers finally fight over the title. But then we never got that. Instead, Janetti unfortunately had his demons. They even uh, very briefly, 2005, the Rockers had yeah they had one more match, uh, and then they fed Marty to Kurt Angle. Yep. Aye. Um, Gary, my um, the way that I was thinking about this was I think they they should have split them up, but I think they'd done it at the wrong time. I'd have loved to have seen them. Have a have a proper title, a title shot. Um, obviously, we, we know that they did have this sort of title shot. They had this title match, and then they, but it never ever get aired when they when they beat the, the Heart Foundation because the ring that the top rope broke. Um, but what do you what do you think of the Rockers? Obviously, you were you were running about then, other than these two young cats here, the Denny. They were an exciting team, but very much a mid card tag team. They were never really 
you know, serious contenders for the title. They never had a prolonged programme of chasing it, for example. Um, you know, there was various problems and issues that they had that probably damaged the company's uh, trust and a bit willingness to do that. But I think one of the things that made the breakup so shocking, they were incredibly popular. But like the seeds for this story actually started in WWF magazine. There was an article in there talking about the rockers being on the rocks. I've got a copy of it somewhere actually. And um, I remember reading it and like thinking, really? Um, <laughs> I don't remember seeing any like tension growing. So that was like the start of the story. And then there was like, the Survivor series when uh, I think it was Michael's got eliminated by a mistake that gen- genetic caused, or you know, Hillman caused him to get roll up, and he was the only one in the team that got eliminated, and that led to the you know there was some bickering, and then this bit in the barber shop where they made up, but it was just such a shocking moment, and WWF at that time uh, did do some shocking stuff. It was not for long after this we got the snake biting the macho man, you know, um, so. You know, now somebody going through the window of some description wouldn't be that much of a big deal, but that was like proper shocking at, at, at the time. And um, I think one of the things that, pro- you know, which feels a wee bit dissatisfying about this is we never got a proper blow off to this feud. You know, Gennetti had various issues and by the time WWF got around to sort of giving you the matches, there was quite a period of time between the turn and the matches taking place and Michaels had really established, started to establish himself in, you know, as, as a really good heel and Gennetti just actually just went on to flounder in the lower, lower, lower end of the card then. So it was a proper shocking turn, but not a great story as far as I was concerned that led up to the reason for the turn. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the matches that we that ended up leading to it as well was um Shawn Michaels was it was it did he fight Flair? I can't I can't remember who it was he fought and he was he was out the ring hurt and Jeanette threw him back in to stop the count out and then mm. when he stopped the count out, whoever it was, I'm sure it was Flair just went on top of him and pinned him and then that was that ended up being another reason why they ended up, you know, starting this whole um, the, f- the feud kind of thing yeah so it's like I was saying that was one that brought back a, a lot of nasty memories for me that hurt me a lot I think it was just the shock factor like I said of them you know obviously like Gary said we were aware of you know this, the, the macho man getting bitten by the snake and stuff like that which was coming up so the WWF were sort of doing that but at that time it was such a wow factor that ended up sticking with me it was also one of my favourite tag teams as well which hurt me a lot god damn you Sean god damn you <laughs> Hey, so that's my one. Up next is Gary with his choice. Gaz, who have you picked? Uh, men in a mission. <laughs> <laughs> of course. No, uh, you, everybody will be disappointed to hear that I'm not going to explore that team's storied history. Um, Who this man? <laughs> instead, I, um, I'm going to talk about American Alpha whose reign is actually incredibly short as a team, run as a team rather, uh, July 2015 to July 2017, so just the two years. Uh, one year on NXT and one year on SmackDown, really. Um, the backstory to the formation of this team 
And actually, something I should have said at the start, which I think American Alpha's got, something that makes a good team is also a good bloody entrance song. And I really like the American Alpha, Alpha tune. Um, Tad Gable had been on this campaign that ran for about two months to convince Jason Jordan to join him as a team, which he did do. And initially, they were heels. Uh, but grew in popularity as they started putting on sort of stellar match after stellar match and eventually won the uh, NXT Tag Team Champions at sh- Championships at TakeOver Dallas in 2016 uh, when they uh, took the belts off the Revival. They actually dropped the NXT title just six to eight days later to the debut in AOP at the time they were went by the full name of the Authors of Pain. Um, so they didn't have a particularly long run as NXT champions. They were called up to SmackDown in 2016 when we had the roster split and we had this golden period as far as I was concerned in SmackDown's history where we had this fresh exciting show with a, a really exciting roster and American Alpha were for me a big part of that I was really excited to see them we didn't see them straight away you know you know there was a few Vignettes introducing them but I was I was excited and looking forward to seeing the team there was a tournament on Smackdown to crown the inaugural tag Smackdown tag team champions which was eventually run by the odd couple team of Heath Slater and Rhino uh, but to my surprise uh, American Alpha were in the tournament but did not win it they went out in the semi-final stage to the Usos so that was a, a wee bit of a surprise for me then. But they didn't have to wait too long to get the SmackDown Tag Team Champions because they beat in a fatal four-way match uh, on uh, December 2016. Um, they scored a They actually pinned Randy Orton, uh, the Tag Team Champions at the time were Luke Harper and Randy Orton. And there was a huge pop when Al- Alpha won the, the championships then. They held their titles for just three months and they dropped them to the Usos just before WrestleMania in 2017 and ended up their spot in the card was to be in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. They then went on to have a feud with the Shining Stars and a couple of defeats to them. So I think you're starting to get a hint now that WWE didn't really know what to do with them. We started to see uh, Chad Gable challenge for the US title and then much to the shock of most people it was revealed that Jason Jordan was the illegitimate son of Kurt Angle and he ended up on leaving to go on Raw and that was the end of American Alpha come summer 2017 and you know I think when a tag team breaks up generally it's for one of a couple of reasons. One is the team's achieved everything. The acts got stale, or as we touched on earlier on, there is somebody in the team that looks like they're outshining the other and they want to strap a rocket to them. I don't think American Alpha ticked any of those boxes. They hadn't certainly hadn't accomplished everything. One run as NXT champion, one run as SmackDown tag team champion. Neither of them were particularly long runs. The act wasn't stale as far as I was concerned. There was more that could more that could have been done with them. And I you know, at that time they didn't feel to me they felt like a you know, equals. One didn't feel like the Sean the other didn't feel like the Janetti. They felt like equals to me. Um 
I do wonder if Jason Jordan hadn't got his injury, if at some point they would have ended up coming back together because, you know, the Kurt Angle son storyline was never going to last that long. <laughs> um, they would have seen that one through. Um, it does if you're Kurt Angle, though. He still lives that. He lives that gimmick, <laughs> you know, even though he's I, gone. <laughs> um, so I just picked American Alpha because they felt like to me like a team with bags of potential and I don't think they ever got you know we ever got to see anywhere near that level of potential being realised so an exciting team could have been a breath of fresh air could have been a staple in the tag division you know, two tremendous wrestlers to work really well as a team and they just sort of separated like ships that passed in the night question for you Gary um, you said that you, you know you didn't think where would you like to have seen them going well I think they could have stayed on I would have kept them on Smackdown and kept them you know in you know in a relevant position and then getting ready to challenge for the championships again um, I don't think I don't think they needed to separate at that point and indeed you know with the WWE draft once they've run through the teams in SmackDown, you can either send them to Raw or bring some teams across to SmackDown to fresh things up again. Ryan, what do you make of the American Alphas? I absolutely loved American Alpha. I was a massive fan of them on, on NXT. Um, everything Gary said is spot on. You know, I, I think they should have been kept together for a long a longer period of time. They probably should never have split up because, again, it's a case of try to spot up a team to, to get a different a different storyline when you've got a pretty good storyline there sitting waiting for you that you, you're, you're already in the middle of. Um, the, the matches they used to have on NXT, I think we spoke earlier on about, um, was it Locking the Butch you said, Gary, against the uh, Undisputed Era? You know, the calibre of matches that you used to have on NXT, American Alpha really set that that kind of bar by, by all accounts. You know, some of the matches they had were unbelievable. Then they got a the chance to come up and there was always a talk of, oh, are they going to put Kurt Angle as the manager of American Alpha? And you're like, I wonder if we'll do that, because that might work quite well, that'll work quite well. I didn't quite think they were going to use Kurt Angle the way they would use him in this storyline, but um, it was a bit it was a bit daft, I think, to break him up. And, you know, we've seen now Jason Jordan, he's kicking about, he's backstage, you know, wearing a suit, and he sometimes appears to spot up fights. Chad Gable went to being shot at G, was a bit of a laughing stock for a while. He's now back with kind of way Otis doing this stuff which might which might come to fruition you don't know how it's how it's really going to kind of happen but you just it's a massive opportunity again I feel like I'm like a bit of a broken record on this because I'm talking about these tag teams and going they've just ruined a perfectly good tag team that didn't need to be ruined you know you spoke about the Rockers and you, you talk about Shawn Michaels going one way that's that's a breakup that worked you know whether it was good to break them up or not it's one that worked because they they strapped the rocket to Shawn and he went where he went and he's yeah. you know I've I watched the the Undertaker uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin interview both of them said you know in, in the ring there's no debate than Shawn Michaels you know and, and that's so that makes sense this one doesn't make sense you know American Alpha is splitting up there was no need to split them up they didn't need to be split up and you've actually lost quite a good few years of quality tag team matches on, on your show because you wanted to put a stupid gimmick on one of the guys it just doesn't make sense yeah Dan this is another perfect example of you know them not knowing what to do with, with characters and just throw them into oblivion isn't it yeah pretty much it is like you look at 
when American Alpha were really hitting a stride. Like, just look at, you know, when they came out at, ta- at TakeOver. The audience just were loving every single second of it. And yeah. everyone was chanting the same thing, ready, willing, gable. Like, <laughs> everyone felt that. That wasn't even just a slogan, that was a movement. And then they bring up to the main roster, they get, like, a wee bit to shine during the big multi-tag team Survivor Series match they did that year, which is still the most ridiculous concept I've ever seen outside of the Tag Team Elimination Chamber match. But, like, they had a lot they could have done with them. Like, you look at the tag teams they would later have, American Alpha versus The Bar would be money. But, you know, Kurt Angle needs to have a kid, apparently. I mean, the only thing about the decision of who to make Kurt Angle's kid is Chad Gable has almost an identical background to Kurt Angle. So if the ones to pick, it might have made more sense. You know, you know, he you could have done the whole following my father's footsteps with the you know the amateur wrestling angle and so on. And you know that's something that could have went for years as well. It would have made sense having Chad Gable because of the background and I'm. I'm not being like kind of awkward here. The reason people couldn't get behind it was because Jason Jordan was a black guy and Kurt Angle was probably the whitest guy you've ever got. Nobody <laughs> would really get behind the story from the get-go. So you automatically missed that that chance you had right at the very beginning. So people laughed at your story and it was never going to go anywhere. Like you say, if they'd done that with Chad Gable, people might go, right, okay. You know, commonly people might go, Right, that might make sense and you know, we could kinda of roll with this and we can get behind it. But I think from the word go, that storyline is doomed and like I say, you lost a, a really good tag team for a a pointless gimmick, it didn't work. Definitely. Definitely. So Gary, final word on you in America final word from you in American Alphas. It's a story of what could have been. Definitely, and that's a thing for a number of tag teams that we've we talked about Dan's choice as well, another prime example of a tag team that could have been as well. Um as well so my Gary thank you for that now next choice is Ryan Ryan the floor is yours my man yeah so I'm going to take you back to 2008 June 2008 a guy called Kofi Kingston debuts on ACW um, he has a, a relatively good career he goes from being uh, Jamaican back to um, African again he holds a few titles but he's always a bit of a mid-carder at best, you know, it's just Kofi Kingston does cool stuff. He does a, a couple of cool flips and tricks and he'll have a few Royal Rumble spots. But his career kind of falters a little bit. This Four years later, December 2012, Big E Langston at the time debuts on, on WWE television following his very successful NXT title run. He came in as a dominant um, backup for Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee. She brings him through again somebody you thought was going to get a rocket strapped to him. Nothing comes of that either, you know, he has like a, a decent wee push, but then he kind of flounders a little bit as, as the big guy. Uh, November 2013, a man named Xavier Woods debuts on WWE TV. Again, I had to go back and look for this because I never knew that Xavier was in WWE back that far. Um, I thought he really came to fruition a few years later. So, Having not got many opportunities, the story goes Xavier Woods approaches his two good pals, Kofi Kingston and Big E, with this um, this gimmick that he's got, this idea that he's got for a, a black gospel choir group. So he put, pitches the idea to them, 
they, they batch some ideas back and forward and then they think, you know, let's give this a go. So early 2014, the debut, but it's in November of 28th and an episode of Smackdown with the New Day is born. New Day go on, you know, that the, they first come in, people didn't really know how to take them. They were they were coming out as, as kind of heel Sorry, as kind of face characters, but nobody was really getting behind them. They persevered with it. You know, they, they won their, their kind of tag title match um, the following year in April at Extreme Rules. Like I say, didn't get behind them. Fans booing them. So what they done was they decided to embrace this. They embraced this this booze that was coming from them, and they they launched the power of positivity. They, they wanted people to get beyond, get behind this power of positivity, behind this group, and they, they turned heel. When they turned heel, that is when it all clicked for the New Day, because initially people were booing them, so they embraced the booze. They went, okay, that's fine, let's, let's take the booze, let's go with it. And I think once people then got on it and they started booing this team, you know what it's like when you, you have a heel team, you can still get behind a really good heel faction. And that's what they became. You know, it went on for a couple of years, I think it was maybe was it 2016 um, they reverted back to being face characters because people had got behind them and it had actually taken off so much you know we had the Wrestlemania 31 moment where they talk about it themselves coming down at Wrestlemania the crowd was booing them they just didn't really know how to get round about it they flipped that round and a story I've got is from Wrestlemania 32 as you can see behind me, people, I go on about it all the time. I went to WrestleMania 32, it was the greatest night of my life going to WrestleMania. Um, the New Day, at this point, I wasn't completely sold on them. I was just kind of getting there with them um, at this point. But they, I, went, I actually remember the story. I went to the toilet and my mate texted me and said, you need to get back here now. So I quickly finished the toilet and I ran back to my seat. And I was presented on the stage with a giant box of boot ales. That was that was lying on its side with cereal splashed across the stage, and do you know there was something about that point? I just went, I get it now. I totally understand this gimmick. I know where this is going. You know they had that that moment that night where they had the the legends. So you had Shawn Michaels, Mick Foley, and Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out to confront the nation. Is it League of Nations? And New Day were involved in that, which takes a stunner. You know, that's that's a WrestleMania moment that you don't put on a mediocre team. You know, that's something that they were going to get behind. And they did. They went on to have... Pro- For me, I would say the New Day were possibly one of the best tag teams that there's ever been in WWE. They're the longest reign tag champs. They've got the... They sold that um, from, from Demolition. The aforementioned Demolition earlier on the show. Um... They got the the record from them, and they they went on. They've had ten title runs. They've you know the second reign, like I say, that was the longest the longest record um, award, such as you know tag team of the year, best gimmick, collective wrestler of the year. You know they've the list of accolades that the new day have had over the years is astounding. Not to mention merchandise because they were always on point in the merchandise. The money that they've made that company over the years will be astronomical you know I, I remember speaking to this is a kind of side note I remember speaking to Mark Dallas from ICW and we were talking about the kinky party and I said to him when are they going to split up when are you going to split them up and he said to me they make too much money in merch to split them up you know and that's ICW saying that could you imagine the money that New Day are bringing into a company like WWE it's going to be astronomical so 
that being said, <laughs> very recently, we get possibly one of the stupidest breakups that you're ever going to see in the wrestling. Everything that I've just said, they're all the records, longest reigning champs, 10 time champs, you know, everything they've done, all the accolades that they've got. We've seen it coming for a few weeks. They split up the New Day. Now, the New Day are still going in, in Woods in Kingston across in Raw, and they're still saying that the New Day is still a thing, but they're just spreading different brands now. But Big E has went his own way. He's now got his own music. Um, he's going to get his own push. There's talk of him getting a WrestleMania match, which I'm all for. But for me, splitting up the tag team didn't need to happen. They didn't need to split up a tag team and Kofi was going for his chance at WrestleMania. That was one of the selling points of this tag team. So to split them up for for no reason, really. You know, you're going to lose a lot. It made no sense, Brian, did it? The way the draft was done. Why would Aye. you not have just drafted the three of them? It made it, absolutely no sense. You know, you've got three guys, two of them can be tag team champs, one can be world champ. It's not it's not tough to do. You know, they could be your tag team. You know, Woods and, mm-hmm. and Kingston and Big E could be your singles guy, but they could all still be in the same faction. You know, it, it just didn't make sense to me. And it, although we're saying tag teams that shouldn't have split up, and like I say, New Day are technically still a tag team and, and the, the kind of two man front or across from Raw, but for what we know of the New Day over the years, to split them up um, for for a push that could have happened with them still as a faction, for me, possibly one of the stupidest decisions they'll ever make. And I reckon it's something they're going to end up regretting in a few years. You know, you, people spoke about the Shield and how the Shield was a, a dominant faction that went their kind of own separate ways. And again, they always tried to find a way to bring that back and it just never quite worked when they tried it again. You know, I think they're going to do the same with the New Day. I think now that Big E's going his own separate way, he he might get a world title put on him, he might get a, a big push. If they ever try and put them back together, I don't think it's ever going to work as well as the first time, and I think they've really shot themselves in the foot by that for, for no reason. Definitely. I was, it's, it's interesting, actually. You reminded me, you know, back when the first time I seen um, Big E was when he was, when he was with Dol Ziggler, and he was this monster of a guy coming down the... Do you remember the one where he was? He used to always do that with his arms, and he went like, "Not yep. nearly knocked AJ out when, <laughs> when he done it." That was one of the good things. But but you're right. There were these three guys, boom, and they they put them together. You know, through Xavier Woods' genius, you know, put them together, and mm-hmm. you know, they became like like you said, arguably, you know, one of the best tag teams that has ever been in um, WWE. You know, and you see it when when they had the the goodbye to the new day thing. They dragged out for about four weeks on on telly. But when they had the the wee segment when they had their final goodbye, you know, and you could see Woods getting a bit upset talking about it because this, the, like I said, these were three guys who who were all talented. You know, that wasn't an idea that WWE were ever going to come up with. That was Xavier Woods to come up with that idea, and the two of them being the the more experienced uh, competitors, and you know, from him as well at that point. They took a chance on him. They were like, Do you know what? Let's run with this. Let's see where we can go. And it's ultimately paid off. So, yeah. you know, even somebody like him, you know, it was it was nice to see when he was getting a little bit upset. But you also think, why? Just, just there's no need for him to be like that just now because they shouldn't be splitting up. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said as well, Gary, you know, like Kofi had his WrestleMania moment as a singles competitor, but still part of the New Day. Why couldn't they do this with Big E as well? Yeah, Which looks like they're going to do. Like Ryan said, 
One of my frustrations with tag teams when they separate, it usually, you know, nine times out of ten they separate because one person turns on the other. And recently the 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 get out clause has been to draft one to one show and leave the other on the other show. Like in the the very first draft, the Dudley boys were separated, but there was that was a competitive draft where the only people that could be drafted as a team were the tag team champions. So it kind of made sense that you know, uh, Ric Flair would draft one and out of spite, Vince McMahon would draft the other. Whereas with this draft, there was none of that going on. So why would Fox, why would sort of USA Network pick two out of the three when you could have just had all three of them? It, it would have made more sense if somebody picked Big E. <laughs> but that was Aye. almost like the secondary pick was Big Aye. E. And you were like, what? Like I, I said, that, some... that would have made more sense. Yeah, if there'd be some sort of negotiation to say, right, well, you know, you have them, but I want Biggie and this other guy, you know, you could see that. It reminds me, the guys uh, touched on when Kofi went in his title run, they could have done that. You didn't need to split them up to ha- ha- allow Biggie to push forward. Also think about the Heart Foundation uh, separated. There wasn't a falling out there, there was just a natural parting of the ways, and, you know, they could have come back together at any one point and I think that's what Ryan touched on with the, the shield where the damage that was done because they went off and they had this momentous run where they were at each other's throats and obviously when Rollins turned that was a that was a shocking moment and when you try and put it all back together it's, um, it's ever really the same it's like it's like Adele walking at the house to go with another bird and then that you know the twenty-year-old young, twenty-year-old bird decides he doesn't want to be with a fifty-year-old man, and then he comes back with his tail between his legs. It's never quite the same. <laughs> good analogy there, Gary. Well done. That was good. I wasn't talking, I wasn't talking from personal experience. Just. <laughs> I was about to say your Tinder bio must be very interesting. Aye, as I said to you the other day, I'm making a fortune from my OnlyFans account, so I don't need to worry about it. <laughs> Selling Vistra um, picks. Gary's, Gary's face on Vistra's body. That's what he's done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, so what is your um, sort of lasting memory of the new day? You you take us back a wee bit and just what, you know, you know everything that, that, that Ryan's went over. What do you think of the new day? The new day certainly were a breath of fresh air because you had teams that, you know, there was some charisma there. But then the new day was... A, a charisma nuclear reactor. They just oozed it every single day. And my, my favourite New Day moment is it's a bit of a cop-out one, of course, but it's um, the Raw and the Hydro in 2016. And I'm, I remember Saturday, like, I'm, I'm front row, like, on the side where the hard cam's facing, I'm facing this way, so you can see the back of my head at some point. And we're treated to the New Day trying to rally the team so they all come out in Braveheart get up <laughs> and ex- instead of Francesca um, Xavier brings her cousin Agnes the, the bagpipes and it's and they're rallying everyone and then eventually Big E actually starts to do uh, you know the freedom speech and it's a brilliant moment, not just for the fact that you do eventually get a couple of shots of me going, yay! But you get, like, the Nudie just had all that 
like they were just having fun all the time. I mean, even look at when when Kofi came out as champion at first, and they do the world heavyweight champion thing, and Big E goes down into the full splits. I still cannot get it out of my head. How can he do it? <laughs> I mean, that was that that was one thing about them as well. It wasn't like they were just a they were just a tag team. It was like you mentioned at the start line about the chemistry. They were also really good friends, and I think that that showed during everything that they every everything that they done together. You know, when when Kofi won his belt, you know, they two were there with him as well. It was a truly like wrestling magic moment. Um, you would say from that as well. So. Um, I'm going to that Gary. I'll ask you this question as well. Like like Brian said, do you see um, any way back for the new day? Do you see them coming back together like they tried to do with the Shield? Do you th- and also, do you think it'll work? I want you to ask Gary that question. Then I'll ask Dan the same one. I find I think it's probably inevitable, um, given the way WWE goes. Now they might come back together for a one-off. Like we already seen it to an extent at Survivor Series, um, or it may be something a bit longer because all they have to do is draft Biggie to Raw or, or the other two to smack them to redo it again. The only reason it will happen is if Biggie's singles run doesn't come to the doesn't reach the heights that we all expect it to achieve. I think that's the only way it would happen, but. I probably would say it's inevitable it coming back together in some format. Format. The WWE produces too much television. They'll run out of ideas for it, and eventually they'll put them back together. Yeah, I would agree with like your points there. Like, I would say if they were to reunite the New Day, like they could potentially still even do it if Biggie ends up really successful in a singles run, even like as champion. Like have him being outnumbered by people and then the New Day come out, make the big save. But the only thing I want from any New Day reunion that they do, I want them to play it out like the Randy Savage and Ms. Elizabeth reunion. Like have have them get a point and just like, it's them getting the fans pumped up, then they do the big hug. Hooray! Cheers, and they need to have the song. Somebody needs to sing together. Oh yes, a hundred percent. No, Xavier will just play it on the trombone. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ryan, how do you do you like like you said the question that I asked you guys? Do you see them? Do you see them getting back together? And do you think it will be a think it would think it be successful as it has been? I can see them trying it, um, but I, I reckon the fact that they've put Biggie on this kind of singles run, the spark completely gave him different music. He's no longer even doing the wee, the wee intro bit to the new days music when they came out. I just think that they're distancing him from that and I reckon the longer it goes on and the longer they take to, to get them back together, the less it's going to work, if that makes sense, you know, I, yeah. I think sometime soon, you know, even within the next kind of six months going up to WrestleMania and had them back together if they, you know, if they merge the shows or, or, you know, something like that. But I think what will end up happening is, do you ever get one of these ones in the wrestling where you know people used to be a team for years but then they look at each other like strangers yeah whatever they can you know i can see something like that happening it'll be like a a passing ships in a type situation as if it never happened as you know as if it was never as if it was never a thing um so i that's what i I reckon will happen if they don't do anything soon then it'll never work not to say they'll never do it it'll just never work yeah yeah do you think do you think the reason why they've done it is because they want to give 
like, like you said, to give Big E this WrestleMania, like they could give him this WrestleMania moment, but it's slightly, it's more different from Kofi's moment where they were all together. Aye, I think the Kofi thing's been done, so yeah. they probably wouldn't get the same the same build on it, the same underdog story. You probably couldn't have the same underdog story because Big E in most fights is not an underdog. Yeah. So, but it goes back to the point I made at the very start, you know, they somehow see big guys in, in tag teams as somebody they can take away and put on a different push when they don't really need to do it. You know, the big E, like we've said, could be world champion, no bother at all. You know, he's been an NXT champion, it worked really well. But I don't think that Kofi's title run was was really believable with the, the gimmick that he had and the storyline that he had. So I think what they're trying to do is take Big E away for that and maybe send him back. You know, we've seen him recently coming out with a chalk again, like he'd done in his NXT days with the with the chalk. So yeah, they're trying to, they're trying to bring back that old gimmick and distance him from the new day fun happy gimmick to make him like a, a dominant competitor, which I think they need to do with him. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I probably contradict myself a little bit. I think he maybe needs that if they want to put the belt on him and give him this big massive push. I just would have liked to have seen it being done a different way, you know, they're meant to be the very creative minds, I'd like to have seen them maybe try something a bit different, they didn't need to break up the best tag team there's ever been. Yeah. I agree with you, you all agree with that? Yeah, like, it's yeah. it's a fair point about, t- like, they always see the big man and they try to take him out of team. The new member, that doesn't always work very well, just look at Kurgan. <laughs> it very rarely works, to be honest with you, like, mm-hmm. I don't know... If there's, if there's many, you know, you could probably name a, a few, but if you were to take every tag team that's happened with over the years, you're probably looking at a very low percentage that's actually worked with taking somebody out because they're tag team wrestlers. You know, they got to WWE yeah. probably by being tag team wrestlers, you know, on, on independence, etc. So to then try and take them away for that, it's something that they're not used to doing and it's something nobody's going to believe, but hi. Good shout, mate. Good shout. So that's us, that, that's us all done our, our picks. All very different, all different eras as well, which was which was great in there. Um, so now, what I want to what I discuss about is tag teams, other tag teams that have split up. You know, the ones that we haven't mentioned that you know potentially shouldn't have split up. So we'll just go around. Um, we'll, we'll just go around and say to some of them. Gary, we'll start with you because I'm sure you've got one that's close to close to your heart as well. Another one. Yeah, there's there's so many of them that jump out at me. One that I'm going to go for, I thought about picking it for earlier on, was was the Legion of Doom. And they never had a proper separation as such, but, you know, Hawks, the uh, battle with his demons, was growing and his reliability was decreasing. And at one point, I think it was 2000, uh, Draws was introduced into LOD and LOD became this three-man group and it was more Animal and Draws and Hawk was on the side and then there was a story, I don't know if anybody remembers, there was a horrible angle where Hawk was drunk, supposedly drunk and he was on top of the Titantron and LOD for me were just an amazing team, they were, yeah. you know, they worked well together like hand and glove and I, you know, Draws was just not at the level to go into that team in the first instance and nobody wanted to see them separate either so uh, for me, Legion of Doom was one that I would put into 
into it. I mean, it was a failed experiment in the end because they ended up, you know, draws got moved away from that and LOD, well, they attempted to reboot them um, with uh, the addition of Sonny as their manager. Yeah. A wee bit later. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a good one. One of the other ones is another example of that is someone that I mentioned earlier on that I was introducing you was Demolition when they added when they added Crush to it. I didn't really see the need to add him in it because Axe and Smash were outstanding. It was um, because Axe's health was deteriorating. Yeah. It was a similar thing, but it's just not the same. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a tricky one there as well. Um, Ryan, do you get any other ones that you can think of? Aye, one one that was fairly recently as well was a team that I was a, a massive fan of was the Iconics. Yeah. Um, that's absolutely. Probably, probably one of the most recent ones that's been split up that makes absolutely no sense at all. I, I could have easily picked this one. I felt like the New Day was more of a, a storyline type one that I could get behind, but for me this one probably makes less sense. Um, than the New Day splitting up because at least you can kind of justify reasons for that one. This one just didn't have any reasons for it. You know, they just all of a sudden, you know, I, I think I maybe stopped watching uh, Roth or Ross, I think I remember which one they were on. I think it was Raw for for a couple of weeks on Raw. You know, I missed a couple of episodes and I came back to find that they were having a match that if they lost, they had to split up. And I was like, yeah. where the fuck did you that comfy? You only need to miss one episode. Because they lost the right squad in, uh, at the weekend and then had a match on Monday and that was the stipulation. If they had they had to separate, so there was you know, one episode all you had to miss. And it does it just doesn't make any sense, you know, they, they they split them up and then you had Peyton Royce like two weeks later teaming up with uh, Lacey Evans. Like uh, why? What, what are you trying to do? I know I know what they're trying to do is maybe give Peyton a bit of a push and they're going to have them as a tag team and then they're going to feud and it might move her on to something else kind of further down the line but it just it, you've now got Billy Kagan about handing out CVs with a face on it which by the way hand one into me no bother I'll, I'll take that off you no bother at all um, <laughs> just me to laminate it <laughs> aye, exactly I actually read what it says on it aye um, so that's that's one for me that, that very recently doesn't make sense. You know, it's something that I reckon that they'll end up going back to at some point. I can see them back together in in the near future. You know, once Peyton Royce is pushed, doesn't work. They'll, yeah. they'll have them back together and they bother. And you know, see to be fair, see if the push doesn't come to much. Belly K is looking about. Nobody will really notice. You know, they're kind of separate ways. So they'll probably get put back together and you know, you kind of get noticed. I mean. You look at what they had that WrestleMania moment where they won the where they won the titles. That was mm-hmm. iconic, funnily enough. Yep. Um, but it was a it was a great moment. And just how do you go from that to, to having to split them up for no reason? It, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I feel like that's what I've said this whole episode. Doesn't make sense. It just doesn't <laughs> make sense. It's another prime example of you know WWE writing. You know, doing it for the sake of doing it, which is what a number of issues that we've spoke about tonight when right. we're doing it. When we're doing this. Um, Dan, anybody that you can think of, surely you must think of you and your tag team partner Otis, you know, used to splitting up. No, that, that, that was a more that was a ridiculous one. I'm actually gonna go for one outside of WWE. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for TNA on this one. And I would say probably it was a dumb decision to split up America's most wanted. Because if you think of it, yeah, obviously they saw more with James Storm and he got you know, he got another brilliant tag team combination with Beer Money and Bobby Roode. And then his singles run which 
even included a cup a brief stop in NXT for like two episodes and then that was him. But uh like <laughs> like James Storm was clearly the one they saw had all the talent. Chris Harris was a good wrestler, just not booked at all well. To the point he comes in to ECW as Braden Walker and it's literally this segment between him and I want to say it's Armando Estrada he just goes knock knock who's there Braden Walker that's it <laughs> ECW had all the best debuts didn't they or WWECW yeah I mean, that's got to be up there with it's Christian <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's Christian it's and the worst part is that I mean I think it was Todd Grisham that did that Josh Matthews right now in Impact sounds exactly the same like literally they do the like what was they do a big they did a big return recently and it was literally just the same like silence on it (laughs) Ryan you 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 obviously know James Storm for, for your events you've done and stuff like that mate as well and we all went to we all went to meet him as your pal um, good you guy tell him us, good. Nah, tell us a wee bit about that or about James Storm we're talking about what he's like I think I've told this, this story on this podcast before um, biggest biggest guy I've ever had in my motor by the way I, I I was driving a Ford a Ford Focus you know you see him on, on the telly because he's no one of these big giants in the wrestling you just think you know, I, I'm not around many American wrestlers, right? So I, they all look just normal on telly, man. But see, when he got in my car, I was driving like that. Other people kind of see, but just for use on the camera, I was literally hunched up my shoulders at the side, trying to drive. He had the heaviest suitcase ever. And I was like, ah, I'll, get you, I'll get your bags, mate, I'll get your bags. Went to pick him up, fucking couldn't lift it, man. I don't know what he had in it. Faces <laughs> <laughs> of fear. I mean, honestly, I was like, Jesus Christ, but not me. I was like, I've committed to this now, I need to do it. So I was like trying my best to lift these two suitcases in the boot of the motor. I'm like, Jesus Christ. But no, he was a, a good guy. You were talking about there, Dan, about his, um, what do you call it, the, the time he had in NXT. I think he, he mentioned that on the interview that I'd done with him for, for our podcast as well. You know, he was in there, something that he wanted to go back to because just after he started, I think he said he was going through some personal stuff. And then that's why he had to leave. Uh, WWE again but it's some, something I would like to have seen especially with his beer money compared to it in, in WWE as well that would be a tag team I'd love to see at some point getting back together beer money because I, I didn't pay much attention to uh, kind of TNA you know I was a, a kind of casual watcher of TNA just whenever I seen it was on back in the day but they were always ones that I enjoyed watching was uh, ridden in Storm so aye, that's a tag team I'd like to see at some point the opportunities there obviously Storm's now in uh, what is it he's in again is it Impact he's back in now yeah. so the opportunity might might come round at some point if they don't do much with him um, but we'll just need to kind of wait and see mm-hmm. yeah. Derek could I throw another team into the mix of course you can which was a really random, odd couple team that was created, which breaks all the rules that I mentioned at the start of things I like to see in a tag team. Uh, Rusev, they, Rusev and Aiden English, yeah. they, you know, created, um, you know, chicken salad out of chicken shit, and they just like fell apart, and nothing ever really happened. 
on the back of it, I felt, you know, I didn't think there was really a need to break them up at the time. And that sort of, you know, separating the team when you have no uh, plan for the other one, it was just, yeah, in this instance, no plan for either of them. Yeah. I'm just puzzled with me if it's felt like doing it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Um, one of the ones I was going to throw out there, like I said, we mentioned was heavy machinery. Did you see a reason for they to splitting up? Right, what you thought? No, I, I can kind of understand a little bit more because for me, even when they went to the main roster, Otis was money and Tucker just wasn't. He? You know, he, he was always the. As much as I enjoyed heavy machinery, and that's actually not a. I played on on Tucker because I thought he was a good part of that team. I think he played his part well, but I can understand, you know, the kind of appeal of Otis and why they decided to kind of split them up. Um, because you, let's be honest, nobody misses Tucker now. Like, he's, he, I think if a tag team splits up, sorry, my phone's going there. Um, if a tag team splits up, um, you tend to notice what the two of them are doing. Whereas Tucker had that one that one match where he showed up with no entrance, different ring gear, get squashed, and then that was him gone. Yeah. You know, so I think if you're not if you're not missed, then it kind of tells you that there was no need for them to kind of keep you around. That's the really where they could maybe do something a bit different. Yeah. With, with a guy who, like I say, has money for them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Dan, you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. It's. I mean, heavy machinery works, but. Obviously, Otis has got, you know, there is just something about him that everyone will gravitate towards. I mean, the only way I could describe it, if you look at how they view heavy machinery, it's like how they were doing the, you know, the Viking Raiders trying to flirt with, like, the, the women at one point. Like, um, like, Ro, what, what's his face? Um, the one that's, the one that's married to... I Ivar, like you look at Ivar, he has that big like ear to ear grin. Everyone's like, ah, oh, you. <laughs> no, it's um. I, I'll just go by the names I'm. I knew them as like, Hanson smiles. Everyone's like, ah, oh, cute. Uh, and Rose smiles. Nah, you're no, you're nah, you're good. <laughs> you you know so much. Yeah, just like that, uh, dude. I'll I'll pass on you. It's fine. <laughs> like that's pretty much their attitude now with um with Tucker and Otis and um, I mean Tucker they could have done something with him but they've made him the Chris Harris of this tag team yeah yeah definitely Gary one last one for you and then we'll move on to I thought one would have been close to your heart particularly would have been Bailey and Sasha <laughs> you thought well, you might have picked I mean it was that story was not the way it was supposed to go um, it should be Sasha turning on the huggable one. Um, so they, they, they should have split up and sh- uh, the feud should have happened there. I just want to say, I mean, one thing with heavy machinery, which kind of didn't make any sense, is why would, you know, why side with the Miz and Morrison, who are also a team that should break up, as far as I'm concerned? Um, but there was never any, going to be any payoff to this because Tucker was on Rob at this point, which also didn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, either there's um, I mentioned them earlier on but I'll, I'll mention them again the Dudley boys they um, were separated in the very first brand extension um, 
when uh, McMahon drafted one and Ric Flair drafted the, uh, the other, with uh, Bubba going to Raw and Devon going to SmackDown. And Devon became the Reverend Devon there. And, you know, that was a, a gimmick that was always going to be short lived. And eventually, you know, Bubba's singles run didn't come to much on Raw, and eventually they were put back together and stayed together up until you know Bubba became Billy Ray really an impact and and made something then but when they came back to WWE you know, they were for their final run there they were back as a team I know uh, Bubba's gone on and done some other singles work in other places on the independence and so on but they just feel to me like a team um, you know should have been together they've done, they've done and achieved a lot so I could understand wanting to see about doing things but I don't know did anybody really see money in them as, an in, as singles I certainly never did nah nah like I'd say nah. if you look at their split in WWE definitely not at that point I think if you look at how Bubba like conducted himself when he did the Billy Ray character he showed that there is something there with him the problem was Devon just never got afforded the chance and that's probably because, like, when they have him as Reverend Devon, he goes into an arena and gets told, "You're going to cut a promo on masturbation." Like, that should be the sign that, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. <laughs> and plus, I can't really say much about Bubba Ray Dudley. He's in the video call with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought he was just sitting waving at you, sir. It's like, hi. <laughs> I, 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 I know that it's me. <laughs> hey guys, that's a... <laughs> so we've, we've had a look at tag teams which you know is there anybody going ahead you know looking into the future in the w and you know the guys who are not not even the wwe but just any any sort of wrestling um company that they shouldn't split up but you know there's potential that they might gary you got anybody nobody springs to mind there's a few teams i say that shouldn't uh, split up um, yeah. I, would, I would throw the Revival, the Viking Raiders, Anderson and Gallows onto that list. Mm-hmm. I would also put, I think this might be an interesting one, because I think there's, a, I think WWE may split them up at some point, and that might be the Street Profits. Oh, don't say it, don't say it, don't put an idea in their mind, mate. I knew that's what you were going to come up with there. <laughs> Protect Street Profits at all costs, man. Get them protected, because they work so well as a team Montez Ford is unbelievable but Dawkins plays his part in that team as well I am I'm with you they shouldn't split up I have a fear that they'll end up doing it eventually and again that'll be another another great tag team that will lose to somebody wanting to give somebody a stupid push that didn't need to happen protect the smoke (laughs) (laughs) the reason I say that uh, is you could see the hints there you know Ford is starting to get a as far as I'm concerned, get a bit more of the spotlight. He, you know, he's dynamiting the mic. Uh, he gets quite a lot of time in the mic, and some of his move sets of, you know, that frog splash he does that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's you know, a great athlete as well, and that's the bit that makes me think actually, I could, I fear this might be in the future. Mm-hmm. We end up, you know, they end up getting split, but you end up seeing. Dawkins and Big E is a bloody tag team. <laughs> Something stupid. <laughs> I'm in the back of it. The new profits. 
Do anybody remember the New Foundation? Now that's a team that should have oh, had yeah. more to it. The Anvil and Owen Hart. Yeah. Um, but then that didn't last very long and we got high energy. Coco Beware and Owen Hart. I mean, how Owen Hart ended up going on to have a career after being teamed with Coco is quite something. <laughs> Bad noise in Coco, how dare you? Have you ever seen Rebber Coco winning a match? No, I guess that's true. That's true, he brought the par out and then get beat, didn't he, most of the time? At least Barry Horowitz won a match at SummerSlam one year. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody else, guys, who you think should or shouldn't split up? We'll throw that out there. I think it's inevitable that they're going to split Shayna and Nia. That's yeah. It's it's headed there. We all know it. They're going to do a big blow-off match between the two of them, and it's probably going to fall flat in its arse because they're going to screw the booking up on it. Like yeah. in- also, has anybody come across an Nia Jax match that anybody cares about? I've come across an Nia Jax match where somebody doesn't get injured though. Yeah. It's a common theme. Absolutely. One, one, one. Uh, it's not really a tag team, but one um, kind of set of people that I think should get together is Lana and the Rounds Table. That'd be a great team, wouldn't it? <laughs> 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 They're up as uh, a nominee in the Slammy Awards, aren't they, for Feud of the Year? <laughs> <laughs> Which is good, partner. I'll give them that one. That's good. That is, that's quite good. That's quite good. <laughs> Yeah. That is very good. Well, yeah. but, uh, I, I hope it doesn't happen, you know, but factions in WWE don't tend to last for long. And there's one faction that are not, you know, on the main roster yet, if we can still use those terms. Uh, it's the Undisputed Era. We've had uh, hints of a breakup before, um, and it didn't come to fruition there. And. I hope we don't see one anytime soon because I think that group is absolutely dynamite as it is. So I would hope they would stay together, but I fear they will not. Yeah. Another one that's, that has split up um, and then got back together has been the Riot Squad. So obviously, um, I'm going to get the names wrong Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot. Um, they obviously split up when they were a three. They've now somehow come back together as a two. I think that's a prime example of them going, ah, do you know what, we shouldn't have probably split them up because we've, you know, some of the storylines that they had while they were they were split up. I know, I know Ruby was injured for a while, wasn't she? That's why they, they kind of went separate ways. But I think trying to get them back together, the storylines didn't really mesh together very well. Um, and I think that's, again, an example of why you just don't be too hasty in splitting a team up for the sake yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good, that's a really good point that they seem to be guilty of is just, you know, getting rid of teams just for the sake of it, you know, splitting them up purely for the sake of it, mm-hmm. which is, you know, something that they're, they're very guilty of and from, from the examples that we have given, you can you can definitely see that. So guys, I think that's pretty much a quite a good time to, to stop it as is. WWE stop changing things when you don't need to. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the point of this as well. So guys, um, just before we finish, I'd just like to say thank you to, to my panel. So thank you, Dan. No problem, Bob. Cheers. Cheers, Ryan. Thanks, mate, for that. Cheers, mate. Cheers. And Gary, thank you as always. Thank you. Thanks. And we'll be back next week with another pod. See you then. Cheers, guys. This is an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown 6. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals.
Hi, my name's Daniel Campbell, I'm the host of Quiz Showdown, and since it's Christmas time, we're going to do a Christmas special called Merry Christmas, You Filthy Animals. See Ross McLeod defend his championship against six of ESSR's finest in a Christmas-themed wrestling quiz, where there will be laughs, hilarity, and fun. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown 6, Merry Christmas, You Filthy Animals, coming December 21st.